Mark gives us a detail, and that detail is Jesus was trying to, at this moment, just get away from the crowds, remain anonymous, and Mark says, wasn't possible. Everybody saw where he was going. Everybody was watching him and listening to him. What's he going to do now? Last week, Pastor Natalia was exploring the deconstructing of previous beliefs and approaches to the faith and even the church that many people are doing as uh, partly as a result to, we'll call them pandemic di dynamics, you know. Uh, and all of this has been layered on top of many other factors causing you know, communities to, to reassess and reimagine the ways that they have done things and causing individuals to rethink, reassess, deconstruct, unpack some of their own sort of belief systems and approaches to being part of a faith community, for instance. All of this layered on other factors that have that have developed and evolved over years, decades even. Back in Jesus' day, the, the Israelites, uh, the, the religious faithful, they, they simply stayed away from certain people who couldn't be trusted because they worshipped or even looked differently, ate differently, believed differently than they did. And if in the course of everyday life they had to come in contact with such people, which uh, was inevitable, well, they took precautions to make sure that nobody ever made the mistake of thinking that they were one of them. Huh? It was us and them. The practice of Ritual hand washing we, we saw last week uh, before meals was just one of many examples of this kind of setting aside. It wasn't so much about having clean hands before you eat, like, you know, mom tells you, uh, as it was about a distinction between those who are in this community and those who are not. Uh, Pastor Natalia observed how Jesus pushed back on that widely accepting, uh, accepted way of, of judging and, and defining others, uh, which was supported by his own faith tradition. Jesus said, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have to let go of the commands. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Time to do some deconstructing of these things. Some reassessment. Ask ourselves, what is truly sacred? What is part of the mission in the ministry? And what is... a Tradition of human origin or a personal preference. Jesus had a tendency to call him like he saw him, didn't he? And that was precisely the issue when the brass from theological headquarters 
confront him leading up to this week's gospel. They thought they caught Jesus. They caught Jesus and his disciples not performing the proper ritual washing of their hands before meals. Ha! We got him. How can you and your friends possibly think of yourselves as good, God-fearing people if you don't observe the rules the way we do things, the way we've done things? You start ignoring the rules, and we won't be able to recognize God's own people from the rest of the riffraff around here. We'll just blend right in and disappear. But Jesus pointed out that it's always easier to focus, focus on the outside and to avoid what's going on on the inside where human beings have the habit of doing all kinds of unloving things to one another. And as usual, all of this background matters when we get to the story of Jesus walking out there on the borderlands between Israel and Canaanite country where he meets a Gentile woman who begs him to heal her daughter. And at first there's no getting around it. Jesus appears to just be rude to her, at least according to our standards. Sure, this was a first-century Jewish rabbi faced with a Gentile woman who was trying to talk to him in public in front of a bunch of other people. According to religious tradition and practice, at the time, Jesus didn't need an excuse to not talk to this person or engage with her. In Matthew's telling of the story, even his disciples are sympathetic to Jesus' situation and they want him to just tell her to get lost. But it seems to get even worse because when, when the woman persists in her appeal to Jesus, he says it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. You know, I was just rereading this a moment ago and, it, and, and we're told that Jesus was trying to get away from people. He wanted to go into this house without any notice. He didn't want the crowds pressing in. He was trying to be private, but we were told explicitly by Mark. And when Mark tells us something, you take notice because Mark tells his gospel story in a hurry, right? He doesn't have a lot of words to waste. Everything is immediately and immediately and immediately. So Mark gives us a detail, and that detail is Jesus was trying to, at this moment, just get away from the crowds, remain anonymous, and Mark says, wasn't possible. Everybody saw where he was going. Everybody was watching him and listening to him. What's he going to do now? This apparent, this supposed uh, teacher of religious traditions, this Jewish rabbi, when a, when a woman, a foreign woman, a Gentile woman, starts speaking to him in public in front of everybody. Well, this, this woman proves herself more than a match for these traditions, for this slight, and she responds with a quick uh, rebuttal of her own, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. 
And at that point, with everybody watching this engagement, and Jesus knowing what everybody expects of him, and his position, and his status, in the hierarchy, and the patriarchy of society, how he ought to respond to this woman, which is to simply pivot and walk in the other direction, if not to scold her and then do so. With everybody watching, Jesus sees in this woman what he's always looking for. She is not a daughter of Abraham. She's not an Israelite. He's crossed the border, and he sees in her faith. In this brief encounter with this desperate Syrophoenician woman, Jesus exposes those sacred traditions, yet again, widely held among the Israelites, including his own disciples, that there's no place for foreigners to be found among God's chosen people, and also the established patriarchy, which held a hierarchy in place, unfair to women, you know, to radically understate things. In this passage, Jesus has taken the good news way out to the borderlands. The border between who's in and who's out. And there he finds someone in need on the other side of that border. A border recognized by everybody in his own faith tradition, by his closest followers, his own disciples, and by everybody on the other side of the border. Everybody knew about this distinction. And there he finds someone in need. So, on this lovely uh, holiday weekend, you and I should remember and recognize that we also were born on the wrong side of this same border. This woman, this Syrophoenician woman, echoing across the distance and through the ages, she fights for us. She seems to recognize somehow that there is room for her even in this kingdom of God being ushered in by Jesus. She is not excluded, not by her gender identity, not by her nationality, not by her religious background. When Jesus shows up, thousands of hungry people are not only fed, but there are 12 overflowing baskets of leftovers where people gather around Jesus. Grace, mercy, and abundance come spilling over. I think we recognize that same abundance here at Prince of Peace. Even during this extended time of pandemic where we are in so many ways so separated from one another, we're gearing up as we move into the fall for a new season of ministry without knowing exactly how Sunday school and confirmation and small groups and other opportunities to grow deeper in our faith will look exactly. 
We do know they won't look exactly like they always have. And many of our traditions surrounding these ministries and and others are dear to us, but we have always been called to prioritize the most vulnerable and to be more concerned about welcoming others than we are about our own preferences. Hmm? I like it this way. This is what I prefer. Mark's Gospel reminds us today that to follow Jesus is not about a birthright or nationality or religious pedigree. It's about drawing near to Jesus and hoping even expecting him to heal, to restore, to save. We've been reminded that when human need and divine compassion meet, there we find faith. Church-type people sometimes don't think of faith in this way. We say things like, in order to, 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 ha- to have faith, you've got to believe X, Y, and Z. Here are the tenets. Here are the creeds. We have fancied ourselves as the guardians of the true faith, the ones who let everyone know what is to be done, how to worship, what to sing, in order to have the certification of a proper faith. But faith, we are reminded today, is also a matter of somebody being desperate enough to reach out and blessed enough to have reached toward Jesus. And some of you know that deep faith because you've come to Jesus, not for a pleasant discussion on spiritual matters, but because you have needed a miracle in the worst sort of way. Our gospel passage ends with Jesus leading his disciples back toward home, back across the border. A man born without hearing and with a speech impediment has some good friends because they bring him to Jesus. People like this man suffered on many levels in, in those days. Others tended to use these types of physical disabilities as evidence that those afflicted must have done something to deserve this fate. Or perhaps your mother or father before you. It's a beautiful story, really. Jesus doesn't make a spectacle of the man. He takes him to a a private place, and Jesus makes him whole. Please notice that there is no mention in the gospel of Jesus interviewing this man before the healing to determine his right beliefs or background or understanding of Scripture or proper doctrine. None of that happens. There is human need met with divine compassion. There is Jesus, and so there is mercy and abundance and room for everyone. Room for everyone to draw near to Jesus around this table. There is always enough to go around. Because around this table, we gather in the presence of Christ. 
So that around this table we are reminded that it was in the night in which he was betrayed that our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. And it is around this table where there is room for everyone, where again after supper Jesus took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying this cup is the new covenant, new covenant, not the old covenant. This isn't the way you always did things or understood things or prefer things even. This cup is the new covenant, and it's in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people. Why? For the forgiveness of your sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. So, uh, what a wonderful story yet again uh, from the scripture. A couple of stories, a couple of healing stories, but in particular, this, uh, this foray across the border into uh, Gentile territory. And it's just fun to imagine what, uh, how life changed for that woman and her family and how the word would have spread uh, uh, in her village and beyond about, about Jesus' healing presence. It's just this short time that they crossed that border and then returned. And then another fun detail in the story after Jesus heals the man who, who uh, was deaf and, and had a speech impediment. And then he told everybody not to say anything about this. And, and, they, and Mark says, the more he told them not to say anything, the more they, they blabbed about it. So, you know, so, uh, such fun in these readings and such um, uh, uh, humanity, you know, and people disobeying Jesus, you know, don't say anything to them when they just keep, you know, uh, but not retribution, not judgment, inclusion, and always this gospel message pushing out across borders and boundaries until some unlikely way it reached us. And we found out we were in fact part of the community, welcomed in, baptized into Christ Jesus, a, a, a part of this community of faith. And so now are we sent out there into this pandemic world, this chosen, forgiven child, children of God that have been found and claimed and forgiven by Christ, fed and nourished. And so we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.